If you own a business, you are in the business of sales and improving sales performance, which is winning more jobs, is a massive area of opportunity for most trading and service business owners. But most business owners aren't aware of the opportunity because they don't measure how well they're doing at sales. Now tune into today's podcast where we talk through why it's costing you big time to churn through customer inquiries, quotes and bids without stepping back and assessing how good a job your business is doing at sales. You're listening to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where every week we help you make more money, get your time back, and make life and business a whole lot more fun. Join us as we transform your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business into a successful operation. Don't miss a beat. Hit the follow button. Let's get started. Well, howdy there. I'm Tony Fraser-Jones, the host of the Profitable Tradie Podcast with my uh, mate and co-conspirator, Phil Smith. How you doing, my man? Always good, mate. Always good. good. Looking forward to the episode. Yeah, it's going to be fun today. We're both uh, passionate about uh, this topic, sales. That's right. That's uh, right. Just a word to to listeners, if you're looking out for a little bit of uh, banter and chat at the start, we've been told by uh, our marketing manager, Damo, we shouldn't do that. That's right. Uh, because it might be boring some of you, so uh, we'll try some of it later on. Stick yeah. around. Fun police demos yeah. uh, really just you know, shut it. us down here. So Let's be serious. What are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about sales. So uh, fun, fun topic. Love this one. Uh, basically, turning customer inquiries, whether it be email or through the web or over the phone, into jobs uh, and bringing in that cash. So basically, we're talking about how good we are at turning those quotes or bids into paying jobs. So quoting and pricing up jobs, yeah, it does take a lot of time for a lot of business owners, uh, and it's painful enough when people say no or we don't hear back uh, from them would that loss work so it's even worse uh, when you think about the lost time that you'll never get back it's a big time suck if you if you don't win the job that you've priced for sure and I think uh, the problem for a lot of business owners is uh, we don't actually think about how we're doing at sales uh, maybe we think we're doing an okay job maybe we are but we're not really looking at uh, the opportunities there because uh, maybe we don't have time to do it or whatever maybe we don't know yet and that's not your fault uh, we're just not keeping a track of it. We don't actually look at the performance of it. And uh, Peter Drucker, who's uh, who's dead just now, Phil. Oh, God, here we go. Tony says that every time someone's dead, he's dead just now. Did he die just now? Well, he might. I don't know. He might resurrect at some stage. You know. Well, you've said that about people before, and it turns out they weren't dead. Like Dan Kennedy? Nah, that was an elaborate marketing plot. Yeah, well. This is too early in the episode to go <laughs> off on a tangent, by the way. Let's get back right, on get track. Get back to Peter yeah, Drucker. Yeah. Peter Drucker, he said, you can manage what you can measure, and yeah. you get what you measure. So I think sales is, well, I know sales is exactly the same. 100%. Uh, you know, if you assess your performance on it, you'll, you'll probably do much better at it. And I, you know, we talk about sales as a full contact sport. It's kind of like playing a game of football or basketball or whatever it is. Mm. You know, it's, uh, it's full on. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get into it. Got to get into it. Yeah. So uh, if you are listening, maybe ask yourself, you know, what what is your conversion rate on your quotes to bids? Do you actually measure it? Do you know, you know, if you do... 10 bids or quotes, how many actually turn into jobs? And do you do that consistently? It'd be really interesting to know. It's like a little self-audit. Uh, mm. You don't need to write in, that's fine. Uh, so today what we're going to do is actually measure this stuff uh, because you can manage it yep. when you measure it. 100%. And we're going to dig into how you actually use that information as well when you start measuring it because that's uh, that's the key to success. Yeah, I'm sure you have a story to kick us off. I have a story about a hypothetical client. We'll call him Cam. Old Cam. Yeah, it's a real person, Cam. Yeah. But it may or may not be his name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. To protect anonymity. Is that the word? Anonymity? Anonymity. Anonymity. That's anonymity. I struggle with big words. Anyway. Anonymity. Cam's problem was uh, he came to a coaching call and he was like, hey, I need more marketing. It's like, okay, what's the problem? Well, I don't have enough leads. 
Well, actually, no, his problem was I don't have enough jobs. That was the problem. Well, he said he didn't have enough leads. And Sorry, then we looked right. at it and there's yeah. actually, well, no, you don't have enough jobs. It's a different yeah. thing. It is a different thing. Yeah yeah. 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 So, and this is the thing. And what measuring your sales performance helps you is because the problem is often not the problem. And in this case, we looked at how many inquiries Cam was getting each week. On average, it's about 40. Mm. What was his conversion rate? Now, how many of those are turning into jobs? Cam had no idea. Mm. It didn't know. Well, it was actually around 35%, so 14 jobs out of 40. Yeah. So measured that. We did a bunch of stuff around his inquiry process, how to you know, vet clients, how to deal with them with you know professionalism, get them booked in quickly, and the follow-up process once he'd done his bids and quotes. So now that conversion rate is 68%, which is mm. 40 leads, mm. 27 jobs. Yeah, well, so 27.2, but who's counting? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> so same amount of leads, improve the conversion rate, a bunch more jobs. Now, here's where it gets exciting, and I'm, I apologise if you're listening with all the numbers, it can be a bit like a bit of a brain bend, but this is really exciting. Average size of Cam's jobs, 480 bucks. So he's got a bunch more jobs now. It's actually 6,240 extra dollars per week of revenue, which is just under $300,000 per year, you know, assuming a 48-week year of revenue yeah. by increasing the sales process, measuring yeah. it and then tweaking it. Mm. Now to me, that's something to be excited about. Yeah, well, if you're not excited about another 300K in your bank, uh, <laughs> then I'm sorry. I don't know how to excite you. <laughs> yeah. You're just not a very exciting person. Yeah, yeah. Either that or you're looking for something different and you're on the wrong podcast. That's but. right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, so who's not, not going to be excited about it's that? It's not a leads problem. It's no, a sales problem. Yeah. Uh, and sales is critical. And I think it's a huge area of opportunity. If you're listening, there's probably a bunch of money on the table that you can grab by getting good at this and the first part is actually measuring it. Well, it's not just that. I mean, on, honestly, I think a lot of the time people will say, yeah, but if I got more leads, then my low conversion rate would still lead to more jobs. Uh, you know, if I got more leads, it's more opportunities. But yeah, sure. But honestly, like improving sales is so much easier and so much faster than improving your marketing. Um, you know, if you're really looking to improve your marketing and generate a lot more leads from your marketing, uh, it can be very expensive, very time consuming. It takes a lot of testing. It's, it's, a, it's a harder thing than um than improving your sales so um i'd always start with your sales make sure that that's rock solid even if your conversion rates are what you would think are good because if they could be a bit better then making that improvement is going to mean that if you do more marketing that that leads increase you're looking for is going to actually benefit you even more still the first client that i ever helped with this uh was a concrete placer Mm. and uh he again was like i don't have enough jobs and i'm like okay well, how many quotes have you got outstanding? I think it was 13 quotes. Uh, and I said, oh, what have you done to follow them up? Nothing. Uh, so we, you know, we wrote out a quick script and he followed them up. He, he rang them all in the next couple of days and he booked in six jobs. Yeah. Uh, and the reason he booked them in is because most people are hopeless at making a decision. He just, you know, asked them to make a decision and they did. Yeah. Incredibly powerful. Yeah, uh, and this can happen all the way through all the stages. I mean, you look at people that have an average inquiry process. I mean... It's like, oh man, I'm just pricing all these jobs. I'm never winning any of them. Even if they look at that as a problem, it's like, well, how many of those are you pricing where you really didn't need to price it like it was a waste of time? What are you doing to qualify people? And they, they're, they're not. So again, anywhere along the along the line, you need to know where, where people are actually getting through or not getting through, what's working, what's not working, and where we can improve. And I think you know, if we're not measuring this stuff and not measuring our sales performance, we're going to run into some problems, right? 100%. So I think the first problem is you actually, you potentially overestimate your ability as a salesperson. Yeah. I think a lot of business owners think, you know, it's, they're good at, at spinning a yarn and having a chat. Well, the results probably aren't quite where they could be, to be yeah. honest. No, uh, totally. So that's the first thing. Uh, you spend a lot of money on marketing yeah, uh, and trying to get leads, but it's a waste of money. And it's a huge waste of money. 
as I said, even if it's working, it, it could be working better. That's right. Because even if it's working and you get more leads, if you had a better conversion rate, better sales performance, well then those more leads would be converting more as well as what you already had converting more and you win twice. So it's like, it's huge. you're always going to get a better ROI from your marketing. For the, sales the next one, so, so the marketing is like a money cost, but the big one is the time cost. So oh, yeah. you spend a lot of time pricing, dealing with inquiries, helping people out. Maybe you do you know, uh, site visits, go out in the field and look at their jobs spend time talking to the suppliers, getting materials, uh, you know, going through your pricing process, and uh, then you don't win it. Yeah. And it's time you can never, ever get back. No. Uh, it's such a big time suck, uh, and it's very, very frustrating. And it's quite disheartening when, I'm sure if you're listening, you've like it feels like a kick in the guts when you don't actually get the job that you spend a lot of time with and maybe spend some time with the person, and it doesn't go ahead. Well, it's more than that, Tony, because the time that I spend wasting time pricing this job I was never going to win because I didn't qualify means that my recency on pricing the next job, basically how quick I get that priced and get my uh, my quote and my bid back to the next client is slower. And because it's slower, I've actually decreased my chance of conversion with a client that m- is actually likely to convert by wasting time on a client that was never likely to convert. So it's you really actually get stabbed twice with this. Uh, and you might not even realise that. Yeah, which I think is that's a real the, it's quite a hidden cost. This one, yeah. that time cost and the opportunity cost, which is what you're driving at, is mm. is enormous. You just don't get that time back. Yeah. The next thing is um, you keep repeating the same mistakes. This is huge. So um, you know the key to success is learning and improving. Uh, that's how we all grow as people and as business owners. But if you're not measuring stuff, you're not getting feedback from how you're performing, and you tend to make the same mistakes with your business and miss the same opportunities over and over again to grow your business. And uh, that leads to very static growth. And frustration, ultimately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is a real killer. So on the other hand, if we do measure our sales performance, uh, we got some upsides. Yeah, the, I think the first upside is you actually got a crystal clear understanding of where you're at with your, with your sales process and your business. You get the best bang for the buck from your marketing activity, which is huge. Uh, that's very costly. You get the best bang for your buck from your time investment and your pricing and your quoting, quoting process. So that's a major upside. Yeah, uh, You lessen the opportunity cost. You can improve your sales conversions by changing your systems, by actually testing them and tweaking them. And we'll get into a little bit what you do there mm. uh, in a minute. And your business grows. Like sales is an incredibly important part of your business, mm. often underestimated. And, and sales is simply you know getting people to say yes. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Yeah, and I mean, getting people to say yes to something they actually want as well. Like, I think that's really, really important is everybody wins when a sale gets made. Because the person making the purchase wins because they get what they wanted for the price they're happy with. And the person making the sale wins because they get to uh, provide a service for a price that they're happy with. Everybody wins. Everybody's happy. Like, please make more sales. It's good for everyone. Well, yeah, sales make the world go around. Nothing happens till a sale is made. And and, uh, I know for some of you listening, you're probably quite natural at doing this. But some of you, a lot of you actually, we find this, find it a little bit difficult you're a little bit outside your comfort zone when you're really asking people to say yes. Maybe you feel a little bit, what's the word, like a used car salesperson or you know a, a sort of dodgy real estate person or whatever is putting pressure on. But you really, it's really important to be successful at any of this. You kind of push back on that because sales is actually it's professionally helping people to buy to solve a problem. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And we've done, uh, we've done webinar. Uh, sorry, we've done podcasts before on and know, sales psychology and, yeah. and the mindset behind it, but. Uh, so if, you, if you're still struggling with this, definitely go back and check out the, the previous episodes because yeah, there's uh, massively important some, the mindset. some gold in those hills. Yeah. Check out those episodes. It's episode 7 and episode 22. Hey, really quickly, I think this is super important. 
If you're feeling the weight of your business, struggling to make a profit, or just can't seem to get a moment to yourself, we want to help. Book a call with us today for a free coaching session and let us help you turn things around. We'll provide you with actionable tips and strategies to get your business back on track. So don't wait. Visit ProfitableTrady.com or click the link in the description to schedule your call now. We're here to help you overcome the challenges and make your business a success. Let's do this together. Um, so... How do we do this? Let's I think break that, it down. yeah, the first thing, Phil, is that we, we really need to understand that sales is a step by step process. Uh, so there's a bunch of bits to the process. Mm. It's not just well, someone rings up and then they pay money. Yeah, uh, it's it's more than that. So we break. I just each, want to pause there. Actually, is that some people think it is because in your sales cycle, depending on the type of work you do, it might actually be that some people just call up and then they book the job and and all that. But actually, there are still steps to that. Like the job still needs to happen. You still need to actually you know get payment. Uh, there might be you know various follow-ups and there might be uh, things that you do afterwards which is like after sales service like there's a lot still going to be stages to this yep. it's not like it's never a one stage process yeah and some jobs will have a shorter sales process and cycle than others for sure but the kind of the, the generic sales process is, is made up of a bunch of parts so the first part is the inquiry yep. which is where they well actually it starts before even in the inquiry you know, yeah, you've got well the marketing and what they see there but that's a whole different thing mm. the inquiry process so how you deal with that you know, how you handle the inquiry that comes in. Then you have the qualification process. Is this someone you can help? And uh, is it someone you want to help? Yep. That's important. Important that, clarification. Very yeah. important. Yeah. Uh, pricing and quoting. We're putting yep. the bid together. Then you've got uh, actually, you know, the follow-up once you've put the quote out with them. You've got closing the, the deal and then you've got after, after sales service. Yeah, so right. you think of those as a bunch of boxes that fit together across a page. We can work on our sales process in any one of those areas. Yeah. Uh, because you know you might be great at three of those areas, but really rubbish at one of them, yeah. And that's going to damage the overall result. Hundred percent. And I think a lot of the times when uh, when I hear people talking about things that they want to improve, they say I want to get better at sales. And and the the problem is that sales kind of has two parts. There's you know there's the mechanics, the science of it, which is you know process, it's scripts, it's it's you know making sure the right things happen at the right time in the right order, it's ticking the right boxes. But then there's also the art of it, which is you know, the way that you actually perform that process. So it's the way that, you know, you come across, it's your positioning, it's the way that you dig for pain, it's the way that you build value. Um, and I think if we don't break each one of those two things into parts, uh, it's very hard to actually improve anything because you don't know where to start. So, I mean, I think that's real important. And there are some real key things to measure so that as we break it down, we actually know what to look at because otherwise you're looking at everything at once, it's just overwhelming. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think conversion rates is real big. I mean, firstly, like we have conversion rates from stage to stage, as you said, you know, inquiry, you got qualification, you got pricing, quoting, you got follow up, you got closing. So it's not just a conversion rate, like start to finish, you know, 50% of people that start this process get to the end. It's conversion rate from step to step. So, you know, how many of the inquiries actually get past qualification? How many of those that are qualified actually get a, a you know, quote or a price given to them? How many of those actually get followed up? How many of the followed up ones get to a close? You know, you need to be looking at your conversion step to step. Uh, so, you know, good example, 20 quotes, uh, 10 of them win, we get 50%. Uh, so you've got to, you know, look at, as I say, each one of those steps because you might actually be getting, you know, 90% through rate on step one, 90% step two, 90% step three, 10% on step four, and back to 90% for step five. And now I know, well, step four is the problem, isn't it? That, that's um, exactly right. Which is huge. And we've, we've had this come up, you know, with a bunch of clients. Uh, another big one, you know, with conversion rates is the type of niche. You know, so if you do multiple types of work, maybe you do some service and maintenance, uh, you know, maybe you also do some, some new builds, maybe you do 
uh, some industrial work. You could be doing uh, multiple different things, but you need to be looking at your conversion across different stuff. Yeah, we, we've got a, a client I uh, worked with recently, uh, Mike, who does work in maintenance work. He does work with building contractors and he does some large commercial uh, work. Yeah. So his conversion rate across the board was just over 60%, 60, uh, 60, between 60 and 62%. Mm. Uh, but we looked at the conversion rate per uh, niche, if you like, service, building contractors, and the commercial work. And the conversion rate in the commercial work was about 17%. Yeah. You know, he'd win two out of 10, yeah. which is Not awful. Not spent, good. And he spent a massive amount of time on those as well. Well, they were often bigger jobs, took yeah. a lot longer to price. A lot more price pricing, a lot of mucking around, a lot yeah. of dealing with suppliers. And getting you know material. And I won't get into the fact that he was winning them at a low margin as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it was, it was a nightmare. So, so you know you could look at the overall thing, but actually the devil is in the detail with that. A hundred percent. And I think the thing is, is like actually what we did find with Mike as well is that with his um with his uh, service and maintenance work, that actually his conversion rate was something ridiculous at ninety eight percent. And what does that tell us? Price is too low. Yeah, you need to put his prices up. <laughs> yeah, put his prices up. Right. You know, you shouldn't win every job either. Because um, that'll tell you something. But the point is, is when we actually break it down by niche or niche, uh, then you know it tells a much a much different story, a much more useful story. Uh, but the other thing that that allows us to do is to set some benchmarks as targets. Because hey, look, Mike's uh, conversion rate on his commercial jobs it was seventeen percent, not good, right? But the fact is, is when he thought it was sixty percent for all work, uh, it's the wrong benchmark. Whereas once we knew commercial was seventeen percent, it's like cool. Well, how do we get that to be twenty seven? And from there, how do we get that to be 37? How do we get it to be 47? You know, we, we have somewhere to start from, we have something to measure against it, so we can see whether or not changes that we're making are actually making improvement, or whether or not the change has just been an exercise in futility, which is obviously not what we want. Yeah, so targets are really helpful. Once you understand conversion rates, you can set some targets. That's the same as playing a game of, uh, you know, football or basketball, whatever, you have a target about you know, the things you want to hit, the performance standards you have, obviously the win ratios and all that sort of thing. Uh, that's important. But what we can do once we start measuring this stuff is we can actually take a bunch of action to improve it. And that's that's the key thing here. That's what's super exciting here. So uh, probably the best way to do that, I reckon, is maybe we just jump through an example. Yeah. Um, so let's say you've got a business and you know we're looking at how they turn their inquiries into quotes and jobs. And we measure it. This is like phone calls and emails coming in. Uh, and let's say it's 25%, which for some businesses it is that. Uh, yeah. And they don't even realise. It's just lots of phone calls coming in which are just going nowhere. Yep. Uh, so it's 25%. We look at that and we're like, wow, okay. Let's look at the actual process that we follow. So we audit the process and maybe you know you can do this in your business as well. What's the actual process you follow when people inquire? So in this business, we find that the, the admin, uh, the customer service rep, picks up the phone and scribbles some details on a piece of paper. Then they talk to the owner later on and try and schedule a job in or get the owner to call the person back. Yeah. Okay. So it's not great process. There's not much going on. It's sort of haphazard and ad hoc. Yeah. And a lot of people are like this. Some are more sophisticated, which is fine. So we make a bunch of changes. The first thing we do is we get a script. Uh, so we get a script that offers a time to book and explains the payment details. Well, not just that, but it means that the info that we're getting is deliberate uh, and it's the same every time. And that way we actually have an apples for apples measurement of improvement because in the past, I mean, guys, this is a real example we work with, by the way. Um, but in the past, this particular business, when that admin had been picking up the phone and scribbling stuff on bits of paper, it was different every time. They asked different questions. They got different information. Some of it was useful. Some of it wasn't. But even if we saw improvement, it could just be because they had a completely different phone call that time. But how do we know? Uh, so getting that script in place was pretty crucial. Yeah, the process, having a, a 
a measurable process means you can actually understand what's working and what's not. That's right. So the changes, get a script in place, uh, give times to book and schedule uh, online, explain the payment details, and actually train on customer service techniques as well. Things like smiling before you answer the phone, which makes a massive <laughs> difference. Uh, you know, I'm talking now with a scale. I'm talking now with a smile. Well, if you're listening right now, guys, try this because it's actually a bit of yeah. fun. Uh, put the biggest smile on your face and then try to make an angry voice while keeping the smile. It's really hard. Yeah. That bright cheerfulness makes a big difference when people answer the phone. Well, you can hear it. Yeah, straight away. So what do we find in this situation where we test the results? Now the conversion has gone from 25 to 63%. Mm. Massive improvement, but 63% is like, it's pretty solid. Mm. I've seen better, but it, it's, it's, it's relatively good. The next step in the process is we're, we're super excited. We're off to the races now because we're actually booking in way more jobs mm. or more quotes. But we go back and we start measuring this every month. This is the, tr the tricky. You can't just do it once. Mm. This is an ongoing process that uh, will make you a bunch of money. So we measure it, and in two months' time, we find that that, uh, that rate has dropped back to 44%. And we're like, oh, those changes didn't work, blah, blah, blah. Our sky's falling. What's going on? But not really. No, no the job we, is not done. The job is not done. What we do now is we actually test the process. Was the process being followed? We review the calls. Now, one thing you can do, which is really powerful for sales, have call recording software that you can actually listen to the calls and audit them. Yeah. And you audit them for script adherence and you audit them for tone and pace and uh, that vibe. Mm. And we find that the, the CSR has actually gone off uh, the rails, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they've started to slip back into old habits. I've never met a salesperson or anyone involved in sales, even if they're not a designated salesperson. You know, it could be a receptionist. It could be, you know, it could be a customer service rep. Uh, it could be an out-and-out -out salesperson or it could just be, uh, you know, your, your admin person who happens to field the inquiries. But I've never, ever met one that didn't have uh, bad calls from time to time and didn't develop bad habits. And that's not a criticism of people. Everybody develops bad habits. And so you need to be reviewing these calls in order to be able to figure out what those bad habits are and then coach them out of the person. Because um, if you don't, the bad habits tend to spiral and you stack bad habits on bad habits on bad habits. And now you've got a real big task to coach this to, to be back on and track. And this, this is, uh, you're only human if you go off the rails a bit with this stuff. Uh, yeah. that, it happens to all of us. That's why accountability and checking in is super, super important. That's right. Uh, and so we test the script adherence uh, and we you know, show the person where they're at. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, no, I get that. I, you know, whatever. Uh, we're back to 60%. Yeah. That's yeah. how it works. 100%. So know the numbers and test the numbers uh, all the time. Makes a huge difference. Yeah, massive. And I think next thing, like sales is a full contact sport, like we said earlier. Um, and for anyone that's played a contact sport before, um, you need to roll your sleeves up and get dirty. You know, like you need to you need to get involved. You need to actually be right in it. In the rough and tumble of it. Yeah, that's right. I've, I've never won a game of anything while sitting in the changing rooms. Uh, and I've definitely never been uh, the star player while I'm sitting on the bench. Yeah. Um, you need to get in there. And I think this goes for everybody. Like if you're the person making the sales, you should be like hungry for the next call. You know, like be keen. You should be keen to review your calls and hear your own voice back which is super cringy but you want you need to want that and you need to make them want it make this a, an experience that's good for everybody and they need to get in front of more people have more calls uh, get more involved like learn learn the scripts spend time practicing uh, spend time role playing which I know sounds uh, role play uh, not a lot of people are going to be like yeah I can't wait to role play but I mean like legitimately if you want people that are going to be good at sales then they will be telling you they can't wait to role play 
because I tell you what, if the, if you're playing a contact sport, I used to play a lot of rugby, and if the first time you've ever been tackled is in a game, uh, you probably get a bit of a shock. It's not good. <laughs> That's right. Full contact training means that when you get to the game, you're like, oh yeah, I'm ready for this. You know, and, um, and being a, a full contact sport, if you think about a sport, the stats are really important. Yeah. You look at how many meters run, how many tackles made, how many catches, how many passes, how many assists, how yeah. many goals. Line That's breaks, offloads, breaks, everything. Everything is a huge part of it. Yeah. And so sales is the same mentality. Well, if I find in a in a game of rugby that Tony runs the ball, you know, every time he gets it, he's got a really good run, you know, run rate. But his meters gained is only one meter per carry and he never breaks the line. Well, I'm like, maybe Tony should stop running the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, on the other hand, when Phil runs the ball, uh, 50, yeah, yeah. 50 metres gain per carry that, That's right yeah. 10, 10 line breaks Phil's yeah. a legend in his own lifetime <laughs> In his own mind It's a good place to be a legend by the way You should well, think a lot well, of yourself thanks, Phil man. And uh, thanks, I'm pleased man. that you do And hey we'll work on your line breaks all right? Yeah mate yeah. But, but you get my point Like you know You need to be actually measuring this stuff um, And again like This is a full contact sport For whoever's managing that salesperson as well Like you need to get involved You need to review calls You need to have role plays With your people that are selling What's well, um, going to make a huge? Just I mean, you need to. It's just going to be massively beneficial uh, if you do, and yeah. it's an opportunity for you as a business owner that's actually sitting in front of you to take advantage of. One hundred percent, and it's actually an easy one to take advantage of when you get into it. It's way easier than trying to, uh, you know, demystify Google Ads or something like that. that that's that's exactly right, and, and you can take. So we've talked about you know the inquiry process. You can look at another process. You could look at your quote and bid conversions. So you know that another real example. Twenty-seven percent. It means twenty-seven percent of the the quotes in the bid you do get turned into jobs. Uh, so with a particular client, you know, we wrap some testimonials around their their process yep. so they can see the no like and trust. We teach them how to use the persuasive quote, yep. which is a, I think another podcast that we've done. Yeah, you actually demonstrate some value in your quote and don't actually just say, "Hey, here's the price and here's how long it'll take." Totally. Uh, so that that's important. And some sales scripts for your actual site visit. So you have scripts for the inquiry process. But have scripts for when you actually go out and see people, you know, so you actually build rapport, then you dig for pain and find out what their problem is so they really understand what the problem is and you qualify them on money and budget, mm. you qualify them on time and you present value uh, and you tell them the next steps in a, in a systemized way. Yep. It makes a huge difference. So what we found with this our particular client, you know, that went from 27 to 63% by putting those processes in place. Yeah. It's it's kind of magic. I just, I get so buzzed out by it. Well, Tony, the, the but thing it's not is really is magic. It's not magic. It's really it's really down to just understanding what you're looking at and then actually measuring it and then using that information. So, I mean, sometimes, again, you might look at your quote conversions, for example, your bid conversion. Let's say it was 27%, but you start to be able to understand, you know, the relationship between the, the different stages and stats. So on face value, we look at quote conversions, like what can I do to improve uh, my quote conversion at that stage? But if you look at it and you figure out that that's a low percentage between when I've sent the price to when it's accepted but I figure out that I've just got an extremely high percentage of inquiries going through the qualification process and we're going to prepare a price. Like let's say that 98% of those that inquire, we price the work and only 27% we actually uh, win the work. I'm like, well, hang on, that's looking too high back at the qualification process. Surely not every single one of those per people is a realistic uh, prospect. So actually if we can qualify harder, we might find that actually um, our conversion rate from quote to job goes through the roof. 
Um, and actually in that case, we win more jobs than we did before, even though we're putting less through in the first place and we're pricing less work. So we have more time, which we can use to actually, pro- that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's huge. That's massive. And I can think of uh, uh, a couple of landscaping clients in a very similar position doing quotes and bids for pretty much everyone who rings up, but not a lot of them were not their ideal clients. Yeah. And a lot right. of them didn't have the budget for what they wanted. Yeah. So why do the quote? That's it. And your numbers will tell you that story. Well, not only that, but if you sell something that might be, you know, something like a landscape, I mean, it's not an it's not an urgent thing. So you're going to run into a whole bunch of stuff about like maybe it's not a now thing. Maybe they're just checking it out. Maybe they have no intention of actually doing the job now and maybe they're going to come back to you in six months. So if you can figure that out in the qualification process, then there's no point pricing it now because when they come back in six months, the price will be different. So it's like... <laughs> Don't don't waste your opportunity now when it was never really an opportunity. Yeah, how frustrating it is, you know, if you put a price out there and the person's, oh, that's way more than I have to spend. Yeah. Well, that's a problem with your sales process and the numbers will help you understand that. Or when you put a price together and the person says, oh, this is great, but, you know, I'm actually about to go on a six-month trip. So um, I was actually thinking, yeah, can we, we'll talk about it when we get back and I'll be, I'll be totally keen. And you're like, mate, I just spent ages doing this for you. (laughs) That's such a big downer. Right. But you can figure this stuff out early on and it'll actually affect the stats down the road too. So it's, it's all about the relationship and the understanding between the I think the key thing is sort of to, to, to wrap it up is that the devil is in the details here. And uh, there's an incredible thing I find in business. And, you know, if you own a tradie business or a service business, uh, this is amazing. If you track stuff, it improves. You track your financial numbers, they will improve. If you track your sales metrics, they will improve because you're a smart person and all you need is the information. When you see it, you're like, wow, that doesn't make sense. What can I do about that? Or that doesn't make sense. I'll dig into what's going on. And then you figure out what to do to improve it. The starting point is to actually just measure it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Measure it, look at it, understand it, uh, and act on it. That's right. It's the whole game. Or should we land this plane? Let's do it. So the money is in the numbers in your business and sales is it's no different. Dig into your sales process, understand your conversion rates, make changes and bank the profits. It's as simple as that. Thanks heaps for listening. We'll catch you all again next time. See you later. Next week on the Profitable Tradie Podcast. For most trading and service business owners, marketing is a bit of a mind bend. What should I do? Who should I use? Can I do it myself? I'm so busy. Why should I even think about marketing? And how the heck do you know if your marketing is actually even working? Tune into today's podcast where we dig into the most important calculation you can make to figure out whether your marketing activities are actually making you money. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Trading, and other valuable resources. Thanks for being a part of this special group and we'll see you in the next episode of The Profitable Trading Podcast.